Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I, uh, I want to announce a new addition to our merch store. Uh, some of you may remember that in the last episode of the podcast, uh, the mission badge for the Bermuda Cluster Expedition, which is the sort of overarching mission which our current crew's uh, ship is assigned to, uh, the badge was described in a meeting that one of the characters, uh, Murphy, attended. Well, uh, that badge is now available as a design in our store uh, in real life. <laughs> uh, on t-shirts, uh, hoodies, and by special request as a sticker. Uh, we've also added some stickers of both the podcast logo and our special 5th anniversary logo. So uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, you can find the store at pretending-with-dice.creator-spring.com which is a little complicated, or <laughs> you can also find a direct link to it just from pretendingwithdice.com which is uh, it's probably the easy way to go. Uh, secondly, uh, I wanted to say a huge thanks uh, to Cassie of the Lovely Craftians podcast for joining us once again for this episode, uh, well, and the next episode, actually. Uh, you can find Lovely Craftians on Twitter at Lovely Craftians. So yeah, check them out. Uh, all right, well, that's, that's all I wanted to announce today. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get into this episode. Enjoy. It's been a couple of hours, Dr. Arela, uh, since you and Johnny met with Lady Rahl of Trill, and she agreed to come and examine Ray in your sick bay back aboard the Tenzing. After sending Johnny off to update Murphy following this meeting, uh, you were going to return to sick bay yourself. So, with that in mind, was there anything that you wanted to have been doing specifically uh, while you were waiting for Lady Rahl to arrive? I don't think there's very much Arela can actually do in the meantime. Mm. other than just carry on with whatever other duties she has to to occupy her time. Okay, alright. Like, I'll be alerted if something goes wrong with Commander Ray. Mm. And I can't imagine that sickbay's very busy at the moment. It's not really, no. I mean... Oh, hell, she might be sitting down just reading a book <laughs> at this point. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's kind of your, you're kind of on lunch break as well, I guess. Well, not lunch break, but you know, it's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> Me- medical staff have um, flexible hours. Hmm. So. Especially, as you say, I mean, the, the Tenzing's total crew is 750. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's sort of, that's not even a small town. That's like a village sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not, I'm very unlikely to have a lot of patients. There's not been any other emergencies other than Ray, basically. If there, if there were any other appointments um, for today, I think I would probably try and get them shifted. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
it seems like it would be sensible to not have a massive audience. Yeah. Um, if Lady Ral does turn up after this meeting, I imagine that if she has, if there's something she can do, she won't want much of an audience for it. No, no. Uh, Why well, is the thing then? So we can, if you if you like, say that Ray has been moved into one of the isolation rooms for his own privacy. Yep, that's a good idea. Yeah, they're not mm. like. I mean, they are. They're sort of multi-purpose, so they're they're kind of for privacy, but they also can be for if there's like a pathogen or you know biohazard type thing. But um, yeah, they are. There's private rooms. It's not just one big ward. I mean, the, the the sick bay is, you know, it's basically a sm a small hospital. You've you've almost got. You've got basically three quarters of a floor of the of the ship. Um, Quite a big area. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely we can say that Ray's been in a, his own room. That would uh, well, that would sidestep the audience problem, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so it's um, you, you're waiting maybe a little longer than you would you would hope. Uh, you, I would say, would you say you're, you're used to sort of Starfleet punctuality? after these years in Starfleet when it comes to sort of meetings and sort of appointments and, and whatnot. Yeah. Lady Rao kind of seems to be keeping you waiting a little bit longer. She's she's on her own timetable. Well, yeah, I, I kind of figure that um, I'm going to stay there and wait until she does turn up. Hmm. Assuming that it's not like in two and a half days' time. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might sleep in the intervening period yeah. if it takes that long. Well, I was, I was more meaning that sort of she'd sort of she'd said, "Oh, I'll be along after lunch." Yeah, and it could be. Yeah, to you that meant well, sort of. Well, lunch could be twelve to one, and maybe she'll be here shortly after. Yeah, um, rather than like five six o'clock. Yeah, it kind of. It, I'd say it's not quite as bad as that, but it, it is. She's a little longer at lunch probably than, than you would expect. Um, is the way I put it, it. It passes the point where you're like, "Well, I was hoping she'd be here by now," kind of thing. Um, that's probably the best way of putting it. But she does appear um, without her butler this time. Are, are you waiting are you in, in your office, or are you waiting by Ray's uh, in Ray's room, or what's the? Um, I'm probably waiting with Ray actually. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's shown along to Ray's private room uh, by one of your staff. Ah, hello again, Doctor. I trust you are still well? I am well, thank you. How are you, Lady Ral? Yes, very well, thank you. I had quite a stimulating discussion over lunch with the Admiral and, uh, well, and your Captain Collins also. Quite an interesting man, it seems. Yes, indeed. He is, uh, he is an excellent captain to work with. She steps to the side of Ray's biobed. Now then, this is the patient we discussed? Yes, this is Commander Sabin Ray. You see her sort of leaning around and kind of... Not inspecting is the wrong word, um, but yeah, kind of just sort of looking him over uh, as he's lying on the bed. She's not got any kind of tricorder or anything, but uh, sort of sort of regarding him from different angles. Hmm. I've never interacted with any of the rays before. Tell me, Doctor, have you checked his isoboromine levels? This would not. I would say this would not be a thing you would regularly check. That is not currently one of our protocols. Um, I can get that checked. Just a thought. Hmm. You said he had been having issues related to his memory? Yes, almost like phantom limb pain from uh, an amputation, except that it is mental rather than... It's a mental sensation rather than a physical one. Hmm, yes. Better had run that check then. 
uh, isoboramine is a hormone which uh, regulates the communication between symbiote and host. If it is out of balance, it may be the cause of your patient's problems. Or at least a stepping stone on the way to the cause. So I think for this, um, as it's a test you don't regularly perform, uh, I'm going to need a reason medicine check uh, from you. Difficulty one. It's basically a blood test, but it's, you know, this isn't something you normally would check for, so we're doing a check. Yeah. Okay, 15 and a 13, so easily two successes for you there. Uh, that's a point of momentum gained as well. I don't know if we've got the running total of... <laughs> of uh, we, had one, we had one from last session. Okay. Yeah, um, right. So I... But we'll call that two then because um, I can't remember when the one was it, you were meant to lose one at the end of a scene sort of thing really but whatever we'll just call that two um, <laughs> <laughs> so as you're, as you're performing this uh, the, you know drawing blood and things um, uh, Lady Ral continues talking there have been instances and uh, well you'll forgive me for not going into details uh, where an abnormally low isoboromine level can cause conflicts within the joined mind, and uh, may even cause the host to reject the symbiote. If that were the case, uh, a new host would have to be found uh, very quickly. So she's talking as you're taking Ray's, um, Ray's bloods, and you're able to take uh, the sample over to uh, a small small workstation in the corner of the, uh, the um, private room. The computer takes a few seconds as you are going through the as, as you place the sample into the scanner before returning a, a result um, for his isoboromine levels. Uh, you don't really know what you're looking for here. Um, you've, uh, this is one of those things where the trill keep the cards a little bit close to the vest when it comes to this kind of interaction between symbionts and hosts. Um, so really all you're able to do is show the number to Lady Ral, whose eyes, I think you, again, uh, yeah, this is the convenient thing. Aurela is an empath. <laughs> you pick up her surprise when you show her the number. She sort of catches herself a little bit and says, Well, that's not quite what I was expecting. His levels are more than double what would be expected in a healthy symbiote host connection. I don't believe I've seen an isoboromine count this high before. It would imply much increased communication between symbiote and host. Hmm. He really is a little bit shaken by this, because um, I've been guessing that it would be a bit off, but not something as dramatic. Hmm. Can he really think of a way to reduce this hormone's levels? Not off the top of your head, no. I can't immediately think of a way of reducing the isoboromine levels, or certainly not that might not affect other aspects. Is there a treatment that you know of, Lady Ral? Hmm. Well, beyond Trill, <laughs> and were I still Vienna Ral, of course, um, I would confer directly with my colleagues in the Commission before making any recommendations. We are not in such an ideal situation, however. Hmm. I would perhaps advise a stabilizing agent, benzocyatazine. It is usually a treatment for those with reduced isoboramine levels, but with any luck, it might even your patient out a little. This would not be a long-term solution, of course, but may help him reach an equilibrium in the meantime. I only make the recommendation, of course. You are his doctor. Well, I'm certainly happy to try. 
there's a thing. Do I have access to that or do I need to get it? You, I think, would be able to replicate it, but okay. it's it's going to be a multi-stage process, so this, I think we're going to need a couple of checks here. Okay. Um, not too hard, it's just because you know what you're looking for now, you're able to look up the information, but it's, it's not part of your regular regimens and mm-hmm. regular substances, so... This might not be an instant thing. It might be. I think. I think. What I'll say. It's going to be. You're going to have to replicate some um, component solutions and then spend some time uh, distilling them properly. Okay. So, say the replicating. I don't think I need you to roll for the replication um, because you can just tell the computer I need this, this, and this, and it will get them for you. Mm-hmm. But getting them into the correct ratios and such. I think we're going to need to do a medicine check, and I have to say that this will probably take two to three hours of your time to properly synthesize a solution. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to have this be difficulty two. Um, okay. Your skills as a as a doctor, you, you're used to mixing up solutions. You're used to doing this and that, but this is a new one on you. So, hence the difficulty two rather than the <laughs> difficulty one. So yeah, this would be a difficulty two, and as I say, this is going to take a real, probably most of the the rest of the afternoon to uh, to do. Okay. Well, I I best get started on this. Quite. Do keep me informed on his condition, Doctor. I would be interested to see how it turns out. It also may not go amiss to inform the Symbiosis Commission of the situation. Uh, I'm sure they would be intrigued to hear of an excess of isoboramine in a host. At the very least, though, if things were to take a turn, shall we say, with your patient, they would be the ones who would see to the continuation of the Ray symbiote into a new, properly vetted host. Yes, of course. Would, would I be able to get in touch with the commission? Uh, yeah, you'd be able to just okay. essentially call them up. You don't, you don't need, like, an introduction or anything. Yeah, I mean, the Trill are part of the Federation, but obviously they... When it comes to the symbionts and that, they, they kind of they sort of run. The, well, they 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 they, they consider it an internal affair, basically. Which is fair. Yeah. Okay, so can I get that difficulty to uh, reason medicine check then, just for um, the uh, the mixing of the solution? Ooh. Okay. One failure and one catastrophic failure. Yep. Oh, you use momentum suggestion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, well, here's the thing. You've got... Well, yeah. there's a catastrophic one to deal with first. Yes. Um, so, okay, well, let's say then. So so Lady Ral leaves and leaves you to your work. You, you begin to mix up the ingredients and you're fairly sure that everything is in the right ratios and such. Um, this is a process that you can't... Um, you won't know until it's until it's done and then you will have to rescan your results basically to check that things are, mm-hmm. <laughs> are done properly and you probably don't want to inject them straight away into Ray before checking that. Yeah. I hate to say it but you spend most of the afternoon on this and something must have been a little bit out when you uh, put the um, when you started the process because uh, the computer indicates that uh, it would not be safe to inject this into Ray. This as long will... as I didn't make like bromine gas and yeah. poison. No, no, no. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But if you inject this into Ray, you will most likely kill him and the symbiont. Yeah, let's not do that then. <laughs> Thank you. 
I imagine if anyone else comes in, the doctor's just going to be, like, standing, swearing loudly. <laughs> so this is... It, it's an empty... It's a, it's a solitary room. Is it, are you taking this as a um, an opportunity to let loose a little bit? A little bit. But also, like, her friend is ill and even the specialists don't know what's going on. Mm. It's a little bit concerning. Yeah. So would you say you're shouting a little bit? Probably not shouting. Okay. Not least from habit of not disturbing patients. Okay. So she's just kind of like swearing quietly, but with a lot of force under her breath. <laughs> because this should have worked. Why didn't... Oh. Right, I guess I need to restart then. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That 20 kind of sunk you from the VA, you know. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Ray. You reach up to your face and with a gloved hand wipe snow away from your visor. Ahead of you, visible making their way over the next ridge, are your companions on this climb. You see the closest of them turn and shout something back to you, but their words are lost in the wind. No matter, you'll catch up soon. You take stock of the route that they've climbed ahead of you, which you must now traverse yourself. A tough route, to be sure, but no tougher than ten others you've already conquered on this climb alone. You take one last look around before starting up the face. It's been a long day so far, but worth it for this view. Mountains stretching out around you in all directions, wisps of clouds snaking between them, an endless blue sky pierced by snow-capped peaks, seemingly unbothered by the blazing sun. You savour the moment, just briefly, before continuing. You arduously make your way up, 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 the nearly sheer face of rock and ice, the chill wind whipping at you throughout. You sneak a glance upwards. You're nearly to the ridge line, and a well-earned rest. Smiling to yourself, you sink your ice axe into the face once more, testing your weight on it as you have a thousand times already today. It seems secure. Until it doesn't. A sickening crack of ice just as you go to pull yourself up, and the axe comes free. You are falling. Everything seems to be moving past you in slow motion, and you see your companions reaching out for you. Too far. Too late. There is a split second of the most intense pain in the side of your neck, and then nothingness. Your eyes snap open. <laughs> You're staring at the ceiling of an unknown room. You don't know where you are. You don't know how you got here. You don't know how you got off the mountain. Your last memory is of your companions reaching out to you. Young Arvin's face just visible as a mask of terror as you plummeted away downwards down the mountain. You don't know how you could have survived the fall. But here you are. I, um... I... look around... to see... anything that 
resembles a clue as to where I might be in the room. You're obviously lying on a bed. Uh, as your senses awaken, you become aware of a, a low background rumble, uh, indicating you may be on a starship. The decoration, however, is, is unfamiliar to you as you glance around. Your first thought is Federation, but that doesn't seem right. The, the technology doesn't quite match your memories. There's no buttons, for one thing. Uh, what panels you see are flat glass faces with an unfamiliar interface. Uh, facing away from you, however, you see what appears to be a Delton. Hello? Excuse oh, me. You're, you're awake. How are you feeling? Sabin? Sabin? I... Uh, my, my name's Vishaya. Why do I sound like a man? Are you Vishaya Ray? Yes, Vishaya Ray. At least, at least I should be. Um. The Ray just looks down at his hands and thinks, but this isn't Vishaya's body. These aren't Vishaya's hands. I... I'm not quite sure how this has happened. I met you as Commander Sabin Ray. Vishaya was one of your symbionts' previous hosts. Previous? I'm afraid so. Ray, you feel a stabbing pain of a headache a my like like the worst migraine suddenly comes on the name Sabin rocking around inside your head Ooh. another name Arvin rocking around inside oh. your head you force your eyes open and your your friend Arila who you've been on missions with is looking at you and Sabin is awake you remember drinking with Murphy but you don't think you got that drunk not for a headache like this. Doctor? This is one of the isolation. Okay, how drunk did I get last night? Ah, Lieutenant Commander, it's um it's something of a long story. How is your head feeling? <sighs> like someone set a pack of Klingon targs on me. Did I get here on my own? Murphy helped you. Although, as far as I'm aware, it wasn't seen by too many people, so don't worry. Uh, I'll be honest, Doctor, I'm struggling to remember what I shouldn't be worried about, to be honest. Right now, nothing. I have consulted with a high-ranking joint trill, and with her questions we've discovered that your isoboramine levels are almost double that of a healthy pairing. Double? Double. How is that even possible? We've no idea of what the cause is. And I also don't know of anything that will bring it down. 
So between that and you waking up only knowing one of Ray's previous hosts, I think I'm going to have to get in touch with the Symbiosis Commission. Maybe they'll have some more information. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. I I suppose they would be the the experts on this, but... I... I'll be be honest, I'm really, really struggling to remember what happened. I remember... I remember being in pain. I remember falling. And then this. But everything else is just... Like a fading memory. There's... There's bits... Mm -hmm. But none of them join up. It almost appears as though... Because the communication with uh, your symbiont is so strong at the moment, it's kind of overwhelming the saving part. That doesn't mean that it won't settle and go back to normal, but it does mean that I need to get in touch with the commission. Probably right now. I could also try and speak to Lady Ral again, see if she's got any ideas in the meantime. Lady Ral? She's the one you were talking to? Yes, Lady Alara Ral. Uh, One of her previous hosts was on the Symbiosis Commission. And she was the the most immediate advisor that we could find. Uh, Of course she was. Ray, you remember Lady Ral as an old woman? The oldest member of the selection board of the Symbiosis Commission, in fact. She took a dislike to you. To Vashea, I should say. And you didn't like her either. Stuck in her ways, she didn't like your attitude and didn't deem you a worthy candidate to receive a symbiote. Had she not passed away and been replaced on the board, it's likely you would never have been joined with the Ray symbiote. I apologise, Doctor. I probably should explain. Ral has a bit of a bearing on Ray's history as far as hosts are concerned. Ray's first host, Vishaya, young girl, Ral did not think she would be a suitable host. And I think I think Ray feels some bitterness there. Can't really explain why. At that point, it was symbiont taking a host for the first time, and for whatever reason, I suppose transference, but whatever Vishaya felt towards Ral, Sabin also ended up feeling. If Rala got her way, Ray and Vishen may never have joined. And subsequently, Sabin would not be here, and neither would the one between the two. Sorry, I'm struggling to remember who the 
I'm sure there was someone else. There was Vishaya. Sabin. Why can't I remember? What the hell is going on? Vishaya. Sabin. Who was the other one? Who else was there? Come on, brain. Who else? Gah. So, Johnny, uh, <laughs> Murphy reminds you it's your it's your day off as you deliver her the news that um, you hopefully have organised some help for Ray, and uh, yeah, you are you are left um, left with the rest of your day to do with as you will. I keep finding myself in this circumstance. Yeah, um, you're almost trying to fight. You you keep trying to be working, and people are like take a day off. Fine, you know. <laughs> you're not on duty. You're not on the roster for today. Go Did and enjoy life. Oh, damn it! The ship is docked. <laughs> the ship is. Uh, <laughs> you have no duties right now. Johnny is not discounting the fact that Ray is in hospital, but is kind of like his perspective on Ray. He's not necessarily a friend yet. He's a commanding officer, so there's a certain amount of like, well, I've done my duty. You've helped. Yeah. He's going to handle this, so. Yeah, you we'll went with the reeler that. and you, you talk to the drill and it's kind mm. of out of your hands. He's not even your direct boss, you know. Yeah, there's possibly even a sense of relief in not having to deal with what he probably considers to be aristocracy. Oh, with the drill yeah. thing. Yeah. Seeing Lady Arala not having to have tea, potentially. <laughs> it's a good thing. I'm sat right here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There is a space station to explore. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So on that basis then, um, Johnny, after um, breaking off from Murphy and being told to enjoy his day off, uh, has gone back to his quarters, gotten changed. Um, is Bond around? Bond is asleep. He's asleep. Okay. Um, how late in the day is he? is he? Is he sleeping in late at this point? Like, Yeah, I mean, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of late morning. Um... Okay. I mean, we've gone back a couple of hours from where we just were with Ray and Arila, just to confuse matters, but uh, it's probably coming up to 11. Cool, right. So, um, in a friendly way, Johnny gives him a nudge on the shoulder. Um, hey, buddy, how's it going? Uh, How are you feeling? Uh, well, better than I was earlier. <laughs> well, it's, it's the day's ticking on. It's time to get out of bed. Come on. We've got a space station to explore. You've got the day off, right? Yeah, it's my day off. Yeah, I mean, you're waking me up on my day off. <laughs> Time's a wasting. What, what can I tell you? We can find some kind of cure. Maybe even the hair of the dog. We'll see how the day goes. Ah, uh, uh, fine. Give me a minute. Ah, uh, good stuff. He hasn't got a lot of outfits. I think we previously established. So he's kind of got. I think we said we had his. Hawaiian shirt outfit, he's got a kind of general Ferengi sort of get up, which is, he pulls on it's not quite as up together as some of the the waiters in Quarks or whatever that we see on Deep Space Nine, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's his off-duty clothes that aren't quite full-on party engineer Hawaiian shirt um, okay. he pulls that on and says, oh, okay, right, okay. Where, where are we going? Well, I just wanted to kind of explore the station, why not see the sights? 
Okay. We can ask the computer to say, are there any tourist traps around here? Do you know anything? Oh, I don't know anything. I haven't been here before either. Um, well. Ah. Well, yeah. At the very least, we can just have a little walk and you can, I don't know, work off that hangover. Okay, lead the way. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Um, well, that, before we go, let's let's try the computer. Um, computer, um, what kind of tourist attractions are on this space station? Deep Space 3 is home to a variety of civilian-owned bars, restaurants, retail stores, houses of worship, exhibition spaces, and other attractions, as well as a Starfleet-administered conference and function center, biosphere, arboretum, and holographic training facilities. Ooh, Johnny perks up hearing mention of that. Hey, what do you think, Bond? Uh, you know, I don't think I can take on that Gorn, if that's what you're asking. Well, you could watch at the very least. Oh, that sounds Grab some popcorn. Could be entertaining. I mean, maybe, but yeah. You're seeing hesitance then. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, I'm sure it's not just like physical stuff. We could probably do some shooting. There might be some interesting tests, some like puzzles, team building stuff. Who knows? I do like puzzles. Yeah, it's a Starfleet. Come on, man. You you know what it's all about. All right, all right. We'll go to the hologram center if that'll make you happy. Ooh. Can we, like, swing by the civilian docks, the promenade area first, though? I mean, I, every time I get a hangover this bad, I have, like, a craving for this, uh... uh well, well, you wouldn't like it. It's Ferengi drink. Sluggo Cola. Oh, yeah, sure, why not? Let's, let's go. Whatever makes you feel good, man. It, it, it takes the edge off a little bit. Johnny kind of makes motions and they get out of the room and on the, on the... maybe you will like it. Well, we'll see. I'll, I'll I'll give it a smell first. So you, you're heading off for the ship via the civilian docks, I guess. Which is you've seen part of that, I think, um, last night. But I mean, it was sort of the night shift, so it's a little bit of a different uh, different energy. And I mean, you you got yourself hangover food on the way back from the bar in that area so it's not you know you've, you've gotten a bit of a look at it but it's it's a sort of quite um it's kind of like a like a much bigger version of the deep space nine promenade if that makes mm -hmm. sense yep with a civilian docking ring around it and everything which is sort of quite bustling a lot of the time the deep space three is much bigger than deep space nine um this is a federation built station specifically for with a, a larger Starfleet section above and then this uh, sort of lower civilian section. You, you pass the bar, uh, Shimoda's uh, <laughs> on your way through and uh, Bond just looks at you and goes, oh, it was good, but I, I, I can't drink again right now. Oh, don't worry. I'm, <laughs> I'm not planning anything along those lines yet. But like I said, maybe later. And he gives him a wink. Yeah. And a smile. And, and it's kind of a cheeky one where it's like it's teasing at the fact that like, hey, I, I know you're feeling rough. Yeah. So you're kind of meandering through this area. There's stalls and there's plenty of people kind of plying goods and wares and things, and um, as well as a lot of sort of smaller um, kind of uh, there's bars and there's uh, cafeterias and sort of emporiums. There's, you know, there's stuff to be bought here if you want it. Um, but um, just kind of walking along and Bond sticks out a hand and goes, "There it is." You look and you can see a vending machine. <laughs> on the corner of like a fairly dingy looking almost like an alleyway except you know you're on a space station so between two units sort of thing and 
It is a sort of lime mint green colored vending machine with a big slogan on it that says, Drink Sluggo Cola, the slimiest cola in the galaxy. (laughs) Bunny winces a little bit and looks at Bunch. Well, let's let's see this stuff then. I'm curious. I'll give you that. Okay, okay. You can own me the Latinum. Well, just get one for yourself for now. Let me let me have a little sniff, and I'll, I'll let you know. So he pulls out. Um, what's the smallest one? It's not slips, is it? Because strips of latinum, slips of latinum, and bars are the big one. He pulls out a small, couple of small slips of latinum, puts it into the machine, um, which very quickly pulls it out in, and um, a bottle of green liquid drops out of the machine. It doesn't look that nice, I will say. <laughs> Are there bits in it? Uh, it's a little bit chunky, but not that. <laughs> um, it it looks like unshaken up orangina. If that makes sense. Kind of. You know how it kind of settles. Mm, it's, got, it's green. Yeah, it's it. It sort of looks like that. Um, and uh, he pops the top, and it's it's got a bit of a smell of algae. I will say. Um, oh. It smells like a pond. Johnny kind of like weakly smiles, sniffing this, and passes it to Bond. Um, I, I think this isn't really my species kind of thing. And give it a go. I tried those hot dogs you you told me about. Oh no, no. I I assure you that that smells like something I don't know that wildlife would live in, to me. And well, I'm not. I, I never asked you to eat kitty litter or anything strange like that. Like, I, I gave you foodstuffs, proteins. Are you sure? I mean, this is just good stuff. Keep your teeth green. He sips it. Uh, are his teeth coated in green? Yeah, a little algae. bit. Yeah. <laughs> but he does look noticeably. He, he, he sort of drinks it and he's like, ah, here's a sprat, though. He's sort of perking up a little bit. Oh, well. I'm glad to see you looking a little bit more healthy there. Those ears are perking up nicely. Let's uh, let, let's go, go on our way. I might need to stock up on this stuff. We don't know. I just realised there's not going to be any in the, any of this available in the Bermuda cluster, though, is there? You can't replicate this. Well, it's a proprietary recipe, you know. There's pretty hefty penalties of violating a copyright of a Ferengi corporation. Fair enough. I, I don't know those kinds of laws. I'll take your word. Well, let, let's check out this training center. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to come back here later, though. Just, uh. Yeah, sure. Just uh, yeah, keep it to yourself. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you step onto an elevator and um, head up into the Starfleet section uh, to a. Uh, it's it's a bit of a bigger facility. It takes up uh, a whole two floors of the upper part of the station. A uh, bit of a bigger facility than the um, the holodecks on the um, on the Tenzing. Multiple. I mean, Tenzing itself has quite a few holodecks uh, of varying sizes, but uh, this is basically like a big complex of nothing but holodecks. Mm-hmm. For, meant for the high capacity of, like, there could be at any one time multiple, and there is at the moment, multiple Starfleet ships docked. You know, things might need to be done on a larger scale than they themselves can, do, you know, just handle on that, and just just being able to handle a huge, you know a large amount of people possibly wanting to use a holodeck where time might be limited for you know how much they can do on their own ships 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what is it you're looking to do? Um, well, I've just had an idea. As they're as they're going along, Johnny is thinking about okay, we're going to this training academy. Like, we're th this is an opportunity for some team building, maybe. <laughs> Or maybe a little bit of competitive team building. Let, let's see how that goes. And on that angle, I, the other ships are still docked. Like the, we're not the only people. The only Starfleet ships. Yeah, the uh, the Nelson and the uh, Auckland are still docked. Johnny kind of gets, turns the bond and goes, "Hang on for a second. And he hits his combat, and he goes, uh, "Connor to Sullivan." Okay. There's a there's a brief pause, and uh, you hear. What do you want? Hey, how's it going? How are you feeling? Great. I'm feeling just great, Johnny. Oh, well, glad to hear it. Me and Bonge, we were just uh, heading out to the uh, training facility that's uh, on the space station here. And I, I was thinking maybe you'd like to uh, come down for a little bit of a friendly competition. It is 11 o'clock in the morning on my day off. It certainly is. You know I didn't get back to my bunk until 2am, right? I never knew you to be a lazy one. I'm not lazy, I'm violently hungover. What's wrong with you? Uh, fine. I'll be there soon. Right. See you soon. Mm. Not out. <laughs> she doesn't sound... She doesn't sound... well. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny smiles to Bond as he goes, Ah, oh, this should be interesting. What have you got in mind? A bit of revenge for the, the drinking games and, and such? Well, I remember right, you won those, so... Well, I, I don't know. I think it would be fair to say that we kind of conceded to each other, but... Well, why not see who comes out on top today? We're all kind of working with the same handicap, although some of us are handling it a little bit better than others, and he kind of stretches out and smiles again. No need to be, no need to be smug about it. <laughs> I saw you coming out of sick, but you've been down there injecting yourself with, I don't know, some kind of hangover suppressant, I bet. Nah. Certainly not. <laughs> I wouldn't do such a thing. I'm just uh, made of sterner stuff. The training, I tell you. So, you actually, you, you're waiting there for probably about... 20 minutes before Sullivan finally gets off an elevator and she's holding a big bottle of water <laughs> and it's just she doesn't look happy with you she's like, why is this still your idea of fun? I thought this was your idea of fun. Yeah when my head's not caving in and I'm trying not to throw up everywhere come on take a swig of that water let's get going come on <sighs> fine we're getting food after, though. Fucking dying over here. Well, <laughs> what can I tell you? And he smiles again to Bonch. <laughs> Some of us are made of sterner stuff. <laughs> and he smiles again, just massively sarcastic towards Sullivan. <sighs> Whatever, man. Let's get this over with. So you, you head to a. You, you're able to. I mean, there's enough holodecks here. You can you can basically get one without any. There's no there's no lines. It's quite busy in the training centre. It's you get the idea that holographic training centre is basically just what it's been called, like the staff, you know, Deep Space Three holographic training centre. But it is just, it's just a bunch of holodecks, really. It's not necessarily like, oh, we've got to get on the program here, you know. Um, 
they have of course all kinds of specific starfleet training simulations and things like that and you know this is a place where um examinations for take place for um potential starfleet academy candidates from the area and extra examinations for moving up in command ranks and things like that you know this this is a this is a bit of a hub for anything that might require a holodeck um but you can use them for whatever you want really so i guess what i'm asking is what do you what kind of program are you looking for here um Given they're not going to be specialised towards particular things, can can we just find a holodeck, go in, and then kind of like yeah, decide from there? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying right, you, right. you can do whatever you want. What do you want? Is what I'm right. Saying. So we'll go into a de- holodeck then, and um, Johnny turns to the others and says, uh, well, "Should we start with some light shooting?" <laughs> Fine. Guess you need me to beat your marksmanship record again, huh? We'll see about that. So, are you loading? What are you loading? Tell me. The program that Johnny had used previously, shooting practice. <laughs> that's what we're going to bring up. So you're trying to hustle them with something you were doing like two days ago. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> Johnny is being pretty cheap right now, just to like. This is like an old relationship with Sullivan, and he like it, they have ribbed each other for years. And this is just another instance of one or the other of them doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. She puts her she puts her water bottle on the ground and says, "Computer, type three phaser, please." A uh, phaser rifle appears in her hands. Uh, type three phaser, and Johnny goes and does likewise. Bond goes, "Computer, popcorn." Oh, <laughs> uh, you're not feeling it, Bond. No, I've never been a good shot. Ah, uh, that's fair enough. You enjoy Yeah. Computer armchair. A, a reclining chair appears, and uh, Vaughn sits in it with his popcorn and his slug cola waiting expectantly. <laughs> so, um, a series of targets begin to appear, and uh, let's, run some, let's run some checks then. I'm not going to do what we did last time, which was just make you roll one check to... Mm-hmm. See how you do overall. We're going to do this. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be like a pose check and stuff, I think. So we'll start with Johnny then. So first, the targets appears. It's at a medium distance away from you. It's just, I mean, are you are you picking specific targets? I can't remember what we said about that, or was it just kind of moving, um, moving circles? <laughs> let's let's say that the it's just like a bunch of targets, and they're just competing to see who hits the most as quick as possible. All right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, can I get a control security difficulty two from you? Ooh. Oh, well, you got a you got a one there, so that's yeah, that that counts as two oh. successes. So you hit your first target. I'm gonna do a uh, one for Sullivan. So <laughs> she she misses hers, goes wide. <laughs> Damn it! Take your next shot. Okay. I got an eighteen and a twelve. By the way, people. Okay, so yours, your second one, uh, you may be feeling a little bit cocky, I would say, after hitting your first one straight off and um, seeing her miss, uh, that you basically do exactly the same thing she did. Um, <laughs> it just just miss. You, you kind of aim your shot, your second shot, with you got 14 and a 10 there, aiming for 13 and under, just for uh, audience sake. <laughs> um, you just kind of, you aim and you... You kind of misjudge the timing a little bit, so you're not fully off, but you, yeah, you, you don't, you don't score a hit with your second one. 
I don't know how many of these you want to do. We'll see if it's a draw based on the next one. Okay, well, Sullivan, again, I rolled an 18 and a 9, so I need two successes and I got one success there, so she is 0 for 2 on her shot so far. Okay, okay. One more. Ooh, catastrophic failure on your part, 20 and a 2. So here's what happens then. You're feeling okay. You've uh, you've missed a shot or two, but you've hit more than Sullivan so far. So you get this thought in your head. Maybe it's time to do something a little flashy. Mm -hmm. You track a target, a moving target, with your phaser rifle. And at the last second, as you go to fire, you just take your eyes off it just for a second to give a bit of a sly look to Sullivan kind of a watch this sort of look you squeeze the trigger but something has gone terribly wrong Bond lets out a surprised and there is a spray of bright liquid as your phaser beam connects Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks' time on Thursday, July 28th, and uh, we hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, you can find links to all of our online presences at pretendingwithdice.com. So yeah, for now, that's our show. We hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.